0: Hey friend, I'm Michael McCurry. Welcome back to Bible Tracked Echoes. I want to thank you so much for joining me once again today. It's a beautiful day here in Australia, and I don't say that to rub it in to my friends that are back in the chilly north of America. But in all seriousness, we've had a wonderful week here of camp in Australia. Lord's blessed. So many good decisions. And to see young people uh, maybe a little bit uh, stiff, a little bit uncomfortable a little bit a guard up at the beginning of the week in church serve in the chapel services and then to see at the end of the week to see a hearts full of the goodness of god we've been very blessed when i ask you if you would to grab your bibles and go if you would to the book of first chronicles 22. First Chronicles chapter 22, look at verse number five there. We have a lot to cover in a short period of time. I want to conclude this thought on multi-generational ministry today. First Chronicles 22 and verse number five, the Bible says this, And David said, Solomon, my son, is young and tender. And the house that is to be builded for the Lord must be exceeding magnifical. I love that word, magnifical. Of fame and of glory throughout all countries. I will therefore now make preparation for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. You know, friend, it is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment, the Bible tells us, And so I ask you, as we think about, I've already given the context earlier in the week, if you missed it, then you can go back on podcast players, you can go back on YouTube and find the archived versions of this program, Bible Tract Echoes. But We've talked about and give introduction to this idea of multi-generational ministry. Today, I want to ask and answer the question, how can you and I, no matter what our station in life, no matter what our ministry, even if we're not in full-time ministry, we're a layman, we go to church, whatever, wherever you may be, how can we reach the next generation? How can we accomplish multi-generational ministry? The first way that I see in scripture is just like David did here in First Chronicles. We need to start bearing our responsibility. Start bearing your responsibility and I need to start bearing my responsibility. We have a responsibility to those that come after us. We also have a responsibility to those that come before us to learn from them. Proverbs 13 verse 1, A wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. Let me ask you, are you a wise son or daughter? Do you listen to those that have walked that way before? Those that have been on those, if I can say, old paths? Those that have learned the ways of God? Those that have have so much to teach us before they pass on? If you still have the privilege, I'd recommend to you learning from them. But then, for those of you that are older and more seasoned have some experience to pass on, you have a, you should have a burden and you should have a desire to partner with the next generation. David prepared for the temple abundantly. He knew he'd never see it in his lifetime, but he prepared abundantly before his death. If you can't handle forging a relationship across that spans a generation, if you can't handle that now, you won't change in five years. Nothing's going to change in 10 years. You will be stuck just caring about yourself for the rest of your life. Don't do that, friend. For those of you young men, young women that think, I don't know how, how can I learn from these older people? Proverbs 20 verse 5, Counsel in the heart of a man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Do your best to draw out counsel. Maybe you just need to ask for it. Let's move on. How do you invest in how do you reach the next generation? Well, you need to start by bearing your responsibility. You need to seek to build relationships. It's both ways up and down. Don't just think uh, I've arrived. I'm an older person. Uh, I don't need to give any of this information that I've learned, any of this wisdom I've gleaned. I don't need to give any away. Or maybe I'm a younger person and I've arrived and I don't need to learn anything from those that have come before. Both, No, no, don't do that. Build relationships. Can I tell you friend, you find what you're looking for. If you are a Paul, if you are someone that has lived a godly life and you have something to pass on, if you don't have a Timothy, I would hazard a guess it's because you're not looking hard enough friend. If you're a Timothy and you're looking for a Paul, you may not have found him or her because you aren't looking hard enough. You say, is this really a biblical concept? Well we could talk about Elijah and Elisha. We could talk about Moses and Joshua. We could talk about numerous people down through scripture. But one of my favorite relationships between a father figure and a son would be Paul and Timothy, as I've already mentioned. Do you notice? You don't turn there for sake of time, but in Philippians 1 1, in Philemon 1 1, in 2 Corinthians 1 1, Colossians 1 and verse 1, in 1 Thessalonians 1 and 1, you know what it says? We think of these books of the Bible, we talk about Paul having written most of them, most of the New Testament. Oh, he was a human pen, I should say, that God used as the tool to pen under the auspices of the Holy Spirit. But if we can call him for just a moment, the author, do you realize that all of those verses I just mentioned say something like this, Paul and Timotheus, or Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and... Timothy our brother, Colossians 1:1 Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timotheus, our brother, 1 Thessalonians 1 the same. It almost sounds like and please I want to be careful not to be too loud where I haven't heard many commentators be overly uh, uh, excitable about this so I want to be careful. but we talk about Paul having written these books, but it almost sounds like Paul is co-signing them with the young man Timothy. Could I ask you, friend? do you have anything? in your life, any ministry, any legacy that you're willing to co-sign. You don't just co-sign with people you don't trust. That would be foolish. But I see here Paul co-signing his life's work, literal scripture with a young man. It almost sounds like he was bearing his responsibility. It almost sounds like he built a relationship, doesn't it? But that's not all. We need to, we must, stay biblically right you don't adapt to and change to be like the world to reach the world we'll talk about that in just a second but Psalm one nineteen one o five 105 applies in all aspects of life thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path that applies to your music that applies to the message we preach, the manuscript that applies to our modesty, it applies in every aspect, in every arena of life. His book, the Bible, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. But how do we get to know what this book says? Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Friend, I notice in scripture, I notice that in Luke chapter 15, we see the story of the prodigal and his father. I notice when we're talking about staying biblically right, I don't see the prodigal's father moving into the suburbs of Sin City to be close to his wayward son. I'll say that again a different way. I don't see... The father chasing his son to the bowels, into the depths of that wicked place he went to spend so wastefully his father's inheritance, the inheritance he got from his father. I don't see the father chasing him down and providing a comfortable landing spot for him to do his laundry in a warm bed whenever he wanted it. You say this is a difficult thing to hear. I'll be honest with you, it is. But I've heard too many testimonies from fathers, from mothers who have followed this biblical model and have seen their children come back to God. Because when you make it easy to live in sin, why would anyone come home? I know of a friend, a family friend, a preacher. Long-time minister of the gospel, his son decided to live differently from how he was raised. He called his father one day, strung out just beside himself. Uh, he was tired of eating the slop, but not tired enough to come home. He said, Dad, could I come over and get my mattress? I don't have anywhere to sleep. Could I come and just get my pillow, get a mattress? I, will, I won't stay at your house because I know you won't let me where the way I am right now, but... Uh, because I haven't repented. I I just want to take my mattress if that's okay. And his father said, Son, there is no mattress here for you. You understand? He decided, I've got to stay strong in the convictions that I taught you, son. What a blessing to know that his son did come back. His son is living a good life, a Christian life, according to the tenets of this book. I believe a large part of it was due to his father not kowtowing because it would have made things easier. You say, but can I really do that? I know of a, fam- a friend of mine, a pastor friend, raise- has raised some wonderful children and one of his children decided to go completely, completely and totally against the way he was raised. This is just recent. I wish I could read for you verbatim, what he said it's too it's too long for the few minutes I have left along this exact line saying, his son knows the way home. But dad is going to stay on the homestead, not because he doesn't love his son. He loves him so very much. Mom and dad weep themselves to sleep. But the son knows the way home. And he's praying that one day, he follows the path back and comes and says, Make me as one of your servants. Friend, multi generational ministry, it's a burden of mine. It's something I think about honestly on an almost daily basis. Can I encourage you to maybe consider your part in multi generational ministry yourself? Maybe you need to start bearing your responsibility. Maybe, just maybe, you need to stay biblically right. Maybe your problem is in seeking to build relationships. Friend, I want to thank you so much for tuning in again this week. I'll be coming to you in coming days from other parts unknown. And Lord willing, very soon I'll be back in the saddle in the offices of BTI, Bible Tracks Incorporated. Until then, though, my prayer, as always, is that you have a great day. A wonderful day for His glory. And think about this thought multi generational ministry. Thanks for listening. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Track Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309 828 6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois 60420. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org.